0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host
1: Hello, folks, and welcome back to the Out of Spec podcast. A big concern for people who are thinking about switching to electric, electric or even have already switched to electric is road trips, those long trips. Is the reliable infrastructure there and how can I use it? What are the other tools that can help me have a good road trip and be confident that I can get to from point A to point B and maybe C, D, all the way through Z? So today I have a friend of the podcast, Dominic Yoni, who just completed a... Three thousand and eight hundred mile road trip out to Colorado and back to his home in Florida in a Tesla Model Three, 2019, rear wheel drive, long range. And Dominic, thank you for coming on. I I want to kind of pick your brain about how the experience was, what tools you used, um, and overall your general takeaways and maybe even advice that you can give folks who are road tripping to really give a picture, a true picture of the reality of. Going long distances in your EV, and of course, it's a Tesla, which is a little bit different when you don't have that built-in Tesla infrastructure. But excited to dive into the details. So, thanks for being here today.
0: Thank you for having me. Nice to see you. Uh, yeah, great to be on the show. Yeah, let's talk road trips. So, yeah, I love driving like long distances. It's just something. Um, it's, I used to have a drive a uh, truck. At nighttime, delivering auto parts, and so I'd do like 400 miles a night on a regular basis. And then I stopped doing that some time ago. But I, you know, I, just, I and I did that job for like a long time because I just really loved driving. I didn't didn't really pay a whole lot, but just the it was just like the experience of it was something that really appealed to me. Uh, so I haven't been doing a lot of uh, those trips for quite a while but then last was it last year or so uh kyle i expect kyle loaned me his tesla model 3 uh i so I, I flew out to colorado and then i drove it to like new brunswick canada and then back down to florida and then back up around eventually I, he let me keep it for a long time because he's this is his high mileage uh tesla model 3 it's got over a hundred thousand miles on it and he wants to you know monitor how the the battery performance you know the how it works degrades over its lifetime and so yeah he just wanted a lot of miles put on it and so i was very happy to help him with that uh, i think i put like eight thousand miles on it or something it was so great <laughs> nice. and I'm, I'm very thankful for that experience uh, and so uh, kyle's been a really key person in my uh, professional life for a little while he's also one of my co-hosts on the batteries included podcast and uh, so he also and he also encouraged me to buy this Tesla Model Three. It's a 2018, actually, that I have. Um, right, because I was like so close to buying a Chevy Bolt, which is like not a great uh, road tripping car. It fast its fast charge speed is or peak power output is like 50 kilowatts, whereas a, a Tesla is 250 kilowatts. So your charging times are like a lot shorter. So he pers- he kept me from buying, making that road tripping mistake i guess and right so this is the first really big trip i think i've taken with it except actually when i bought the car i, I bought it in chicago just north of chicago actually in waconda illinois and then i, I road tripped it back down to my own home in tallahassee which was a great opening trip and you know i it was just a besides being a like a great you know way to see parts of the country that i'd never seen before it was also a, a good way to just initiate my ownership experience and just get a lot of you know hand hands-on you know uh experience driving and uh navigating charging and all, all the various little things that you know come with an electric vehicle when you want to go on a road trip and yeah a few years ago that the infrastructure on that this particular stretch from illinois to Florida was pretty sparse. It was a little trickier, and but this, this last spring, it was not. It was fine. It was pretty doable. On this last trip, I you know, it, when you look at the... So I'm basically, um, I have to rely solely on the Tesla supercharger network because my car is a 2018 and it, it doesn't have CCS capability. So newer Teslas, I think in 2019 or beyond, um, have a different uh, some different electronics in the charging port or something. I know there's a kit that I can get to change mine so I can have this ability to charge on CCS things. And that makes a big difference. But really, the Tesla supercharger network is, is pretty huge. And when you look at the map, you think, yeah, you can probably char- drive pretty much anywhere. And on this trip, it was true, but you know there were caveats. You know, there, was, there were stretches that were kind of... Mm-hmm tricky. I had to reduce my speed and some some of the actually Tesla software didn't work as well as it used to. Yeah.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Thanks for, you're obviously a traveler, which I really love. um, And you really try to, you know, you took, we'll look at your route later, but you didn't do it out and back. You rounded about so that you could see as much of the country as possible. And it's, It is interesting to consider because I think when you're getting an EV, you think about what am I doing mostly? And mostly it's those daily commutes and to and from work or the grocery store or wherever where you're like, I want something that's efficient and can get me around. But road trips can be quite inconvenienced if you don't have the setup to have quick stops along the way. And also, you know, except, you know, aside from the EVgo pilot flying J stations that are coming in. You know, there's not quite that truck stop uh, equivalent uh, yet, which does also change what c- the nature of our stops. Because, and and Kyle is so generous, and that's how I had my first EV road trip too. I've had small ones and Teslas before in the southeast, but my I took a long one from Colorado all the way to the most western side of Nevada, and uh, in the Rivian, and I really learned a lot about different aspects of driving behavior because, you know, in my In my car, I never really thought, man, I'm running low on gas, so I'm going to need to drive slower so I can get there and be okay. You know, it's just like, well, I I actually might just, you know, stay the same speed or like not really worry about that. And different things that uh, didn't really make sense to me until I started learning, of course, of the technology in the vehicle and that, you know, I don't want to zip ahead, but actually conserve that energy. And it's just, uh, it felt a little bit more dire at times in the EV than it has in my, That it than it did in ice road trips before, where I always kept, uh, you know, my tank above half. That's what I always do if I'm going a long way. My mom always taught me that never go below half, just in case. But in an EV, I mean, if you want to arrive in out of spec style close to 0% and have that peak charging curve and think about the battery state of health and all that, then it's totally a different shift in your mindset. And uh, again, yeah, you mentioned that you travel and I wanted to ask about, you know, you did say you went international to Canada, but you've also gone international. And then we'll go back to this recent trip as well in terms of EVs. And I did just want to ask about that a little bit, your trip to Vietnam with VinFast, because I know I hope hopefully our audience has tuned into the Batteries Included podcast, which is a great podcast, like three times a week, You'll come out with awesome episodes, but can you tell me a little bit about that trip to Vietnam and exactly why you went and what your experience was there?
0: Uh, sure. Uh, we didn't really uh, do a whole lot of driving on that trip, um, but it was really a, a chance for Vinfast to um, uh, reach out to the world, actually make itself known because it's a brand new, you know, auto manufacturer in in Vietnam, and so they invited. Um, reporters and influencers and investors all on this like week-long trip with uh and they took us all around vietnam and showed us their manufacturing complex in haiphong uh, which is very interesting what we, and so finfast is a part of a huge conglomerate so they have a lot of uh, like hotel um, resorts and and re, you know around the country so we went to a few a few of those which were impressively palatial (laughs) to say the least and it was just amazing the service everything was just incredible and there's something about traveling it's just you know like you said on this road trip i drove through kansas and arkansas and oklahoma because i'd never seen those places before from the ground so i really there's something about being on the ground and going through new places that Mm -hmm. you know you you can't learn about them any other way and so yeah this this trip to vietnam was was like that because i i Obviously, I've never been. I mean, I've been to some Asian countries before, like Japan, but I hadn't been to, uh, yeah, something like Vietnam. It was really amazing to kind of see the, just the country and then the challenge of this particular company to, you know, become, you know, a world class auto manufacturer, which, you know, it's, it's struggling to do, obviously. But, uh, right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, really cool. And, You're right. I feel like you cannot really understand a place or um, a people or a culture unless you are immersed in it. And road trips really give you a chance to see that. And sometimes you're just passing through and you just get a little bit of the essence of that place. And I'm a huge fan of road trips. So we definitely have that in common. And yeah, thanks for diving into the Vietnam portion of things. I just think it's interesting to consider um, all the all the places we can go and the folks we can learn about and learn from. And just that you were invited at all to go see what VinFast was up to. It's really interesting. And of course they've had a, yeah, a, an exciting story. So we'll, we'll, but today's not about VinFast. In fact, right, it's right. about you. And um, so, right. yeah, so it was a, a 12 day trip about that you went on. And I want to talk about a little bit uh, what tools you use to track your trip, because you did and if I'm going to pull up now the um, the map, so if you're tuning in on YouTube, you can see how Dominic traveled along his route all the way up to Colorado and back. And as you see, yeah, he took different routes. I'm I've mostly taken, I think the top route. Yeah, kind of. I, I usually go all the all the way through Kansas to Kansas City and then down to the southeast. And yeah, so what what are we looking at here? Where does this data come from? What are these points, and what is this kind of like heat map that I'm seeing?
0: Right, so this heat map is from the uh, Tesla-fi, uh site website, and it's like uh, if you're a Tesla owner, you can. I think they do other vehicles now. I think they do Rivians now too, actually. Uh, but it's not TeslaFi. They have a, like a sister site. Um, I can do, we can do a search for that later. But uh, their Tesla thing is really what's established them. So I think for like five bucks a night, five bucks a uh, a month, it's uh, it, sh- it uh, kind of gathers information from your car and puts it you know this lets you display it in a lot of different configurations so you can see you know how much you've charged where you've charged uh potentially how much you saved in different ways i'm not really sure i haven't fleshed the whole thing out because it's i'm only a few weeks into this uh the usage of, of this uh service um
1: okay yeah so this is your first time using tesla for a road trip
0: yes I mean, and okay, even on the cool. road, I didn't really use it that much. I mean, I could use it afterwards to kind of look at some of this data, data to see like mm-hmm. how many. So it tells me like scanning the data, I could figure out that I did like 3,800 miles. Um, I I put in like nine hundred and eighty three. It says kilowatt hours. That might be a little high because it it's, uh, it's got I've got a few charging episodes here on my at my home address i can't mm-hmm. in florida the 11 the green dots are for ac charging so there's a few scattered around here where i stayed at hotels or mm-hmm. i think i charged at kyle's place too a couple times mm-hmm. and uh and so i'm not so we exactly see the gr- sure if that's the total kilowatt hours mm-hmm. I, but i do have other more interesting stats like um uh, so my total charge time was like nine hours and 27 minutes. So my average, mm. ch- my average uh, stay at a DC fast charger, supercharger, was 19 minutes. So I mean that's a really key metric for a lot of people because mm-hmm. I think most people are under the impression that you know you have to stay at a you have, when you're driving on a road trip you're going to be at a supercharger for like 40 minutes or an hour or something. And you know, there, there were a couple times when I when I did stay you know at a supercharger for an hour and charge up to like the 90 percent, but mostly because I just couldn't get back to the car in time. And so I just let it charge, you know, uh, like mm. there's, we put, I was at that, uh, there's a casino, the Hard Rock Cafe or yeah, casino mm. and hotel somewhere along the route. I'm not exactly sure. Maybe around Oklahoma.
1: <laughs> maybe uh, a little Tosco. roulette in there.
0: Tulsa. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to, you know, check it out. Uh, and okay. actually look for some food in there too. I wanted to see if maybe there's some food, but it's a huge kind of place. And so by the time I got back, you know, I had a lot more, battery than or a lot more energy in the battery than i really needed to go and that happened a few times you know not yeah a lot of times you're just you know in the restaurant or you're you know right in the walmart or wherever the supercharger is closer if you want to use any of the amenities in the area mm-hmm. By the time you get back yeah. to your car you have more charge anyway so yeah definitely
1: not yeah, like, that's a that is a key number, 19 minutes because I think a lot of folks just in general don't know how long that would take if they haven't had an electric road trip and um are curious like how much time am I actually going to be spending because and it'd be interesting to compare directly with like how long it takes me in an on an ice road trip to stop because usually I stop, I stretch my legs, I get gas, maybe I get a snack to keep me going, let the dog out and kind of enjoy a little bit of time cuz on the the Rivian road trip that I took, I really did. I mean, I was curious, so I wasn't, you know, it was all a curious experiment. So I wasn't upset that I had to spend time, long times at Chargers because I was just experiencing it. But I did notice that it gave me more time to, you know, not just be staring at the road and to walk around and get fresh air, which in terms of like a health benefit, I did see. So it would be interesting to compare right away. You know, how long do I really spend at a truck stop? I wonder if it's closer to 10 than 20 minutes, but either way, that is a great number to note. And then when you did do those longer longer charges and got a higher percentage, whether that was on purpose or you were just hanging out a little bit longer, do you think that that um, got you quite a bit further and then would take down the amount of charge times you would have done if you had just charged, you know? Not all the way up to eighty or something. I,
0: I may I may have skipped a few a few spots. Superchargers. I mean, extended my my driving until a, an, you know a further supercharger in in a few cases possibly, but you know not not too much. They're still still relatively sparse in this lots of this part of the country. The the supercharger stops mm-hmm. relatively. So. Right.
1: Right. And were there some where you were, you were thinking, okay, well, I have to get through this stretch, like the salt flats of Utah, there's not much there. So I knew I had to charge up to make sure that I got all the way over into West Windover. Did you have to do any of that along the way and plan ahead? And if so, did you have a, did you use this tool or any other tools to make sure that you could make it along the way as you needed to with the state of charge that you needed?
0: Uh, mostly I relied on the, on the car's, you know, uh, own uh, system. So, um, so it gives you a, a Tesla and it kind of fell down for me, actually, this time. And uh, I was talking with, talking with Kyle about this last uh, last Friday on the Batteries Included podcast. And he mentioned that he also sees the same thing like in the last year or so. He, he said it's possibly due to Tesla trying to incorporate uh, the wind direction, fa- the factor, of wind in reducing or increasing uh, the vehicle's range. Mm -hmm. So right now the Tesla uh, it sort of guesses, not guess, it gives you an an estimate of how far you can go on, on the current charge. Uh, And it's, it's not as accurate as it used to be. And that's, that's a problem because I, in the past I've used it and I've found it really accurate and you can use it to, you know, if the car tells you, Oh, you need to, you're going to arrive at this next stop with 10%, you know, I, I have the confidence to say, oh, okay, I can, I can arrive with 5% and then unplug sooner. And, and mm. I, I was doing some of that on this trip okay. you unplug sooner than the car already tells you. And then you go mm-hmm. and you can arrive with like a little lower percent than the car, you know, was going to, the car is kind of conservative about how it does this, but you can, you know, use your own judgment, but then like it, so i stayed uh, in austin two nights and when i when i left that stretch from austin to mm-hmm. i think it's Amarillo up here if you look mm-hmm. at the I'm, I'm pointing like you can see where i'm pointing <laughs> uh, yeah that stretch mm-hmm. it uh, i think it i was it's said that i was going to arrive with 18% but when i left and but then shortly after i was on the road it dropped down to like 5% and then 3% mm-hmm. and then then I got the message or oh, you have to drive at below 65 miles an hour to reach huh. your destination, mm-hmm. which is not.
1: It's, it's not, not the best experience. message to get. No, it, it can definitely not. spook you. You, you don't, I had that happen a little bit too, where, um, the, the battery percentage kept dropping faster than I had anticipated and faster than the, uh, Rivian. That's what I remember had told me. And it does set in a little bit of, of panic because, you know, you you have to get there. You don't want to be stranded. Right. So I think that is a part to consider on the, of an aspect of the EV road trip that this can happen, and it sometimes does happen, and we're not exactly sure why. Um, always, like maybe it's the new software uh, adding in different data points to try to predict this, or maybe it's how the behavior of the driver, how fast you're going, or something like that. But that definitely can happen, and with Tesla, so. I think this is great it tracks all your stops um you know it tracked it, it said savings not necessarily the cost of your session so you had to look back and kind of see how much you spent but of course that's great to know to compare you know how much am i spending on gas versus fast charging or some level two charging AC charging but what other aspects of using TeslaFi did you enjoy
0: i mean i during the trip i didn't really look at it that much it was just when i got back i could kind of go over the data and i have actually really there's still more i can look at uh, you know with this with the with the data that's up there so it, you can look at um let's see if i can no that's not it oh i have it on full screen yeah <laughs> you can look at how much your ac charging this and mm-hmm. here's like all my all my fast supercharging totals so all the different locations how long Great. i stayed there how many kilowatt hours i added and I think you can enter the uh, the charge, what you were charged at each stop. I'm not I'm sure how it derives this whole savings column, but yeah, you can go into the each stop and, and enter how much you paid per mm-hmm. uh, kilowatt hour. And then I, and guess I it will tell mm-hmm. you the total cost, but I just use my credit card uh, yes. bill to figure that out. I, I paid yeah. like $374.43 for this entire, for the energy, for the journey. There was that's some free not too bad, I'd say hotels, which is great. Did mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. yeah.
0: that did that, that, did that help you pick chart. certain hotels free charging? Oh yeah. Okay. I definitely looked at definitely took that into consideration.
1: Mm-hmm. Just
0: because I mean it's not a whole lot of, in the way of like money savings or whatever, but the convenience of it to leave with a, a full you know, full pack, full charge, you know, in the first thing in the morning, it just sets yes. your day up, you know, a lot nicely. Or not, I totally agree. Nicely or
1: <laughs> that's very true yeah i i stayed over in salt lake city and um i woke up ready to use uh the ea stations that were there um this was like a year ago or a little less than a year ago and uh, i got there and they were all under construction so i actually couldn't use them so i had to use a slow EVgo charger at the rei and spend you know at, at over an hour hanging out. Um, but at least, you know, the sun was coming in on those beautiful mountains in the morning, mm-hmm. but it was definitely a change of pace. And if I was able to charge it at the hotel, that definitely would have made a difference. And I did look it up in terms of we were talking about the Tesla Fi, which is Tesla oriented. And I did see on the Rivian forums website that maybe electrify is this yes, that's it. beta. Okay. Does that sound right for the Rivian? So, yes. um, and these are cool. So you make an account and then you're able to you know, track all this data and also input some of the data, but have it in a localized uh, place so you can really be able to dive into this. So, in right. terms of improvement of whether it it was the Tesla itself or how you could how this kind of software could improve, what do you see as a little bit of the shortcomings?
0: Well, uh, there's a. Hmm. It it would be nice to have like all these figures automatically, you know. Uh, total, like, like all all the stuff entered, like, uh, what the what the uh, charges for, but because some of these charges may may uh, depend on time of day, actually, so that the the rate will change
1: depending mm-hmm.
0: on the time of day. But I'm not sure if it does in, in these locations. I believe in some busier places like California, that's a mm-hmm. that's a that's a thing, but that's not true. here as so much. Uh, for, for just for the software, I mean, just for getting around, the the biggest thing really is that the uh, is the prediction thing you know the car should be able to look at so i'm driving you know at 75 miles an hour i guess uh, instead of looking at speeds it should look maybe at consumption too so i you i on this trip i started looking especially with this uh this problem of you know having to s- drive extra slow to reach the destination i started paying more attention to how many watt hours per mile i'm, I'm burning and mm-hmm. uh, that's a good thing to kind of get it used to so because some, and sometimes, you know, you can go the same speed and your consumption is going to be like a lot higher or lower depending on you know, elevation changes, wind, uh, environment. If it's raining, rain will really increase, you know, the amount of energy you need to get down the road. Uh, yeah. In, in this car, I think it was like 335 hours per mile at 75 miles an hour was kind of like my sort of benchmark that I was you know, hmm. that seemed like a standard amount and like, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Interesting. Yeah. I wonder if our audience has used this tool or maybe um, like Priyans Muraka, who I had on the podcast recently, he keeps like a, a Google sheet of tracking his his travel to really get an idea of the efficiency of his vehicle and, you know, in terms of elevation as well and all those different factors that play in to really get a holistic idea. So if anyone uses this, this software or maybe you do it yourself, you model it yourself, let us know. We'd love to Know in the comments kind of how folks are tracking this. And in terms of your takeaways from the EV road trip, it wasn't your first EV road trip, Dominic, um, and it won't be your last. But what are hopefully, <laughs> yes, hopefully not. Hopefully, many, many more to come um, anywhere that you want to go. And you know, it can be intimidating. There are still things that are very much not perfect, but you were able to do it with a smile on your face, hopefully. And um, it doesn't sound like yeah. there were really any nightmares. There were some things that are a bit inconvenient, but overall, what are your takeaways? Do you have any advice for folks that are just curious about EV road trips or they want to go on one or they're just wondering what it's really
0: like? Well, I th- I think one of the big components, hmm, One of the big things I think is just like the the supercharger network, and like next year, a lot of the other OEMs will be able to use that supercharger network. Because like, so now they have to rely on the CCS, uh, the combined charging system. Uh, It's a different charging fast charging standard, and it hasn't been you know nearly reliable enough. I mean, people have made great long road trips using that those different networks, without problems. But there is a huge potential for problems. We've seen other people have, you know, all kinds of, you know, it's it's not it's just not as reliable and it's just not where it needs to be like the superchargers are. But that will be opened up for most other vehicles like next year with the, with an adapter at least, and then after that natively have that ability in their cars. Um, I would say. You know, it's a lot easier than most people think. Like, uh, I, so I'm going to have a series of videos, which I'm going to, I'm working on now, editing, doing all the editing of this trip. And I, like I start out, I just kind of show how easy it is. Like, you know, you just tell the car, you press the button, say, navigate to Fort Collins, Colorado, or wherever, you know, and then it's, it thinks for like 30 seconds and lays out your route tells you you know how much charge you're going to have there when you're right what time you'll arrive there how much charge you'll have when you get there, how long you'll stay before you you know have enough to get to the next supercharger because you kind of it's yeah traveling by e v right now at least you you you're kind of consciously looking at supercharger to supercharger you know you're kind of looking at eventually they'll be so ubiquitous that You know you'll just oh we'll we'll just pull over at the next exit like you do now for for an internal combustion car you know you don't really have to do all that planning but that's still you know a few few years down the road but it's you know it's kind of coming but for now yeah you can just tell your car what you where you want to go and it kind of just lays it out out there for you um but like like i said there's some some of that prediction is not as solid as it really should be right now mm-hmm. but i i think that's a uh a short-term issue and because before it was like pretty really reliable actually and yeah it's great knowing that you can arrive somewhere with you know 10 12 and and just hammer down if you need or want to you know st- stay within yeah relatively definitely and,
1: yeah, I think that's great advice. Um, like not only consider what EV you're interested in and in that if you are a road tripper, you want to be, make sure that it has the charging capabilities and the capacity and the range that you're looking for. Sure. And the and to know that yes, the infrastructure is not completely there and it's coming along, but you're going to be, you know, on the late and there were early adopters and now now what are we now? Early l- later early adopters, but still, you know, it's not hugely um you know, built up to have the ease of just, you know, because now I can just pick my favorite truck stop if I'm on an ice road, stri- road trip, you know, sure. loves versus pilot versus whatever, you know, I have a preference, but right now you really buc- have East. to make, buc yes, oh my gosh, I went to my first one ever. I guess I hadn't been in one yet. It was in Birmingham, Alabama, I think. And I had never been in one. And if y'all haven't, oh my gosh, it is an experience. There were like thousands of people in there.
0: Yeah, was, it's was an experience yeah. for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, it's more than it's more than a truck stop, I'll say that. Um, could, and
0: brisket if you like yes, eat meat. Yeah.
1: It smelled very good. Yeah. If you eat meat, there were plenty of options. There was plenty of cowhide and leather and trinkets and snacks. And um, definitely quite the sight to see and experience. I believe the biggest one is in Tennessee. So I'll have to I'll have to try that out and I'm and a, I'm excited to gas g-
0: pumps too right and and increasingly yes. more Tesla supercharging on some of these too there's there's been I've been up to a few with with Tesla superchargers installed at Bucky's it's mm-hmm. so it's such a great stop because yeah if you, anything you need it's likely to be there
1: exactly yeah I think the more amenities we have at these stops you know not just I've said it before, but like, not just like at a Walmart, there's things at Walmarts, like, you know, technically it has everything, but you have to hang out a little bit. And if you don't want to be in your car, cause you're going to be in your car for however many more hours then to have something else to do. So those amenities are really important. And I know that our, it was, it was our secretary of energy who did that Uh, Evie road trip from charlotte north carolina to memphis tennessee and those are kind of the things that i i it didn't go very well for her um no or that team no and i would love to recreate it though since i am in the southeast and go on these road trips and again show one that they don't have to go exactly quite like that one went but um also yeah more experiences and so what is your where are you going to be putting out um the story so that folks can make sure that they can find you of your road trip and your videos
0: uh so I have, I have a youtube channel called drive electric with dominic or or dude if you want to use the acronym it's kind of a silly acronym i can't i realized it was the acronym like a, a few weeks after i made my channel and everything Dude. so yeah it's kind of so I, I have a dude license plate now
1: it's, oh nice very good kind of silly.
0: We, yeah i like it i, I, I do it how so the best how much, way. How much on my channel, I do some uh, FSD beta. My car had FSD beta with it, so I do some. Uh, I have a loop. I call it the Dude Loop, <laughs> in through Tallahassee, Florida, where you know I put the car through, a, you know, a regular, the same kind of loop, same streets, with different versions of the software as it comes out. Which I need to make another one very soon, actually, and uh, so that's just some of the content I have on the Drive Electric with Dominic. But it's basically about you know my ownership experience. And I may be expanding that somewhat uh, because, you know, I've been re- talking about reporting about researching electric vehicles since around like 2008. So, um, so I might bring some of my, of uh, just my experience and from back then into, into my channel today as well. Maybe tell some stories about like, oh, there's a little bunch of electric vehicle startups that, that fail that people are completely unaware of. You know, it's been a really weird journey to get to where we are now in the electric vehicle world. So, anyway, yeah, that's just part of what I want to bring out on my channel. Uh, but for now, yeah, it's uh, some FSD beta things, some ownership experience. So, if you buy a used Tesla Model Three, like I did, it may be helpful for you to look at. You know what what I've been experiencing, and yeah, the Tesla world is kind of odd. Like, so one, one like one of my more recent videos is like a product review because so if you have a, a tesla and you started youtube channel about it companies will reach out and send you stuff to review it's like the weirdest thing so Mm. i I have a review what did i review originally it's that slips my mind but on this trip i I brought these like i sent these uh bag cool cooler bags for the frunk so they kind of fit in the frunk and one side of it opens up and there's another bag and it's, it's like uh you're just thermally insulated so you can put in like a pack of ice and your drinks and everything it stays cold for the day and uh, yeah
1: very anyway, cool so yeah i bet, like that I bet happens. there are like, yeah so many accessories to be sent and tried out you know in the new in the new technology and i do love the idea of a nice cooler for all the snacks
0: on the yeah, road it was, trip It was very helpful on this trip actually it worked out pretty well um good so, uh, yeah, that's, you, where so, they, that's where they can find my. Uh, hopefully, I'll be having an episode up. I, I want to say Monday, but man, editing is a whole new. This this amount of editing is a whole new thing for me. So
1: right, I I bet. Well, folks can at least go subscribe and maybe turn on their yes. notifications so that they know when your videos come out. Because yeah, see it firsthand. There's lots of people doing this too, and which I really appreciate all this information sharing on you know the content creation and news coverage side of things just to. Really, kind of be transparent that this is an emerging technology. This is the way that we get around folks, you know, whether you like trains, planes, or automobiles, you know, it is an interesting conversation to be a part of. And how can folks get from point A to point B? So, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your most recent experience. Um, would love to. Of course, you know, I, I we work very closely together. You know, you have your Batteries Included podcast. So I, of course, will keep up with that. And so should other folks. It's a great podcast. And keep up with your other adventures on your road trips. So thanks again for uh, coming on to the podcast. Really appreciate it, Dominic. Do you I have any other road trips planned? Uh,
0: nothing concrete in my mind. I would like to go back up to Colorado again in the, in the spring and take a slightly different route again because there is, there is right I like on this blast trip I wanted to go more in the interior of the of the uh, you know behind the front range so I went up through uh, Trinidad Colorado I mm-hmm. think it, I think it may be 25 or something but anyway you can go deeper into the mountains up through there from New Mexico from Santa Fe and it's yes. supposed to be like even more incredible to see. So I'd like to try that. But then now the charging is not good. For, if I had CCS mm. charging capability in my car, I could have done that pretty easily. But just at the time, it was, it would have taken more time, I think, than I really wanted to spend or had available to spend. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of routes and there's a lot I want to see. So I'm hoping to come up again in the spring, but uh, yeah, it's, I found it really beneficial though to just there's so much to learn about these cars, and then the best way to learn about them is, is actual driving them and experiencing all the different things that happen. And even one road trip isn't, or two isn't enough to really get it all, you're right?
1: That's true. It's just one piece of the piece of the pie uh, to experience. Yeah, and if you do cross back through Memphis, we can get you know barbecue together again at BB King's, and That'd be uh,
0: great <laughs> have a good barbecue. enjoy
1: that yes uh, w- yeah. pretty known for that bruise blues and barbecue right, That's all right. This. <laughs> well yeah we'll keep up to date with you dominic thanks again for uh coming on to the podcast and we hope to have you back soon and thanks yeah. everyone for tuning in and listening to dominic's story and tuning into the podcast at all. If you're enjoying it, of course, subscribe, follow us, um, and and let us know what you think. Let us know if there's topics you want to cover. How, wh- do you have any questions for Dominic about his trip? I um, will I can put a comment here with your stats from your trip just so people can see the numbers and uh, interpret it or play with them as they wish. And overall, yeah, thanks again, folks. And we'll see you next time on the of Spec podcast.
0: Ciao. Sure.